Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Who does Sean Hannity choose when diversifying his savings with gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. GoldCo is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped tens of thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell, told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow Foam for Support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points, and it's ultra-soft, patented temperature, regulating cover. And i got to tell you, it has a 10-year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. This is Jonathan Gillum. And I'm back in for Sean Hannity, who is in the air, I believe. I don't know. Maybe he's in the air. Maybe he's sleeping. I don't know. Maybe he's sleeping in the air after being in Vietnam. Wow. What a trip they had. I don't think Linda left the hotel room once the entire time they were there. Perhaps she got some time out yesterday. But uh, it was um, a trip, a fast trip. I tell you, for those people that were listening to this show, I mean, I've been listening to Sean for years, over 20 years, and... uh, it seemed like, to me, like they were having more fun. I asked Linda this. I said, it seemed like you're having more fun than ever. But, you know, one thing when I was in SEAL training, I'll tell you, people get slap happy when they're in stressful situations or they're not getting any sleep or, in their case, when it's completely twisted and turned around where you think it's uh, it's daylight, but the country that you're in is telling you, no, it's midnight. So uh, I think maybe they were a little bit slap happy. But either way... Uh, they had a great trip. I think uh, Sean really stood out in the way that um, he questioned the president and talked about the pre- uh, with the president. Uh, he, he almost went back into reporter mode, uh, or I don't know if he's ever actually been a correspondent, but he was almost like a correspondent while he was there, which I thought was pretty cool. But a lot, you know, a lot came out of 
of that summit that people aren't talking about. And of course, they're not talking about it. So what I try to do, you know, whenever I get on the radio and get my opportunity to to host, I always like to dig in a little bit into the mindset of uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And now I don't mean behind the scenes of President Trump. President, this is what's so funny about that. I see people constantly, I'm not going to mention any names, because there's a lot of quote-unquote conservatives, and this is, I'm going to explain this in a minute, why I don't like the term conservative and liberal. We have to go by those terms, that's what people give us, but we see so many commentators and politicians who say that they're conservative, but as soon as this president does something or makes a maneuver, they are so quick to pound him into the ground because they are establishment. They're not conservative or liberal. They may use the terms conservative to get votes or conservative to uh, you know, to, to uh, give themselves some more power or for their constituents, but the reality is, folks, these people are uh, not true um, effective thinkers. That's what I like to, to think of myself. Scott Eulinger is going to be on in just a little bit, uh, former CIA station chief, and we were talking about this yesterday, prepping for this show, about how there just are very few uh, critical thinkers. There's very few people in government, and especially in the media, that really are looking for effective solutions. That's why they just jump on the president anytime they get a chance, because they're not concerned with solutions. They're not uh, concerned with fixing things. They're concerned with power and politics. That's it. Power, maneuvering, squashing him, and they're socialists, which I've been screaming for a long time. They're socialists slash communists slash globalist agenda which I really want you to pay attention to that because ultimately that is something that is behind the scenes. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist anymore to say that. There's no there's no conspiracy theory to the fact that socialism and globalism are all tied in together because it's true. And there's proof of it. There's proof of it, not just and and you know I've good good buddy used to be on the show quite a bit. Rick Unger, he's a uh, you know he's a liberal. I love the guy. He's also um, very rich, and uh, he's he loves globalism because he feels that, that that true globalism is an economic uh, movement, not an ideological movement. But that's where we disagree. I believe ultimately that the economics are being used to further an ideological movement, and there's proof of that. Now, those that you don't know me. Uh, I hope you do. I've hosted for Sean quite a bit. Um, I have been a Navy SEAL and Federal Air Marshal and FBI Special Agent. uh, And uh, I've been traveling all over the country. I got out of the FBI in 2013. I had a conversation last night, actually, with an FBI agent. And we were talking about how uh, this individual is pretty close to retirement. And we're talking about how when we first got in, would we have ever thought that there would be a deep state. We, it, just, it, it wasn't even talked about. We didn't know anything. There was no concept of that. Even though I have a degree in political science, I never heard anything about a deep state when I was studying politics. I learned more from my degree in psychology about the way politics work than I did actually from political science. And going back, all the stuff that I was taught, not all of it, but a lot of it, was very leftist. I I had professors telling me that the Constitution is a living, breathing entity but it's not it's a piece of paper that sets down finally in history that these are the rights that all men and women 
have been given by their creator. But that's not the way the left works. They try to manipulate this stuff. So I was having this conversation with an FBI agent friend of mine. He's close to retirement. And we just couldn't, we were thinking about this. We were like, man, we just never would have thought that this would be the case. That somebody like Comey would come out and do the things that he did. That Peter Strzok, that McCabe. I did have my doubts when I was in about Mueller because Mueller, and I think this went right under the radar, Mueller took the premier law enforcement agency in the world, and it was at one time, and he turned it into an intelligence gathering and collection agency that by and large benefits Congress and politics and the president, not necessarily this president, evidently, but it does not do the law enforcement fighting that it was meant to do when it was set up to begin with. And when you look at that, when you look at how Mueller changed things, and remember, all these people are part of the senior executive service, the SESers. Some of them aren't officially SESers. Senior executive service members can be appointed like Phil Mudd, for instance, you ever seen that wacko on CNN? He is somebody who rose to, to uh, in 10 years, was somehow uh, on a stellar rise uh, in the CIA as, uh, I believe, an analyst and was advising in the White House after 10 years. Not a 30-year person. They took a 10-year person, put him in the White House. And then magically was appointed as a deputy director in the FBI in the counterterrorism division. It, not an operator, not somebody that tells you how these people think doesn't know uh, and never participated in an operation, yet he was put over as a deputy director. That's the way these SESers work. Once they make a political maneuver or they show somebody that they're loyal and that they'll scratch the back, boom, they get put over there, and that's, that's the way that works. That's what happens. And they start doing their bidding. And so we were thinking about this last night and how – a lot of people that are in government just don't see this. They don't see the fact that these things are going on because your job is to be dedicated to service uh, and protecting the country. You've sworn an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the last thing you would ever think is that people in your government are the enemy. And we all say that, you know, the media is this, or the media is that. Media is an enemy of the state. There's no doubt about that. Not everybody in the media. But the mainstream media, the, 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 and I will say the leftist media, and, and by and large, the only thing that really separates the leftist media from, uh, or let's not even call it leftist media, let's call it establishment media, what separates them from non-establishment journalism is, the, is the, the ability of social media for people to go out and actually write what they see and, and study the truth and research the truth and put this stuff out there. You almost cannot depend on media when you turn the television or the radio on. You just almost cannot depend on it. There's few voices, and most of them, and this is not a bias. This is the truth, because I sit back and look at this from a neutral standpoint, believe it or not. There's very few people, and most of them are on conservative talk radio or some of the few conservative TV stations, because they're not, they're not held to the leftist standard. And that in listen, they can spin it into a conservative uh, or a conservative establishment manner, but the fact is they're not beholden to the left. Some of them, and so automatically what they say is more truthful. Now there's going to be people that are going to argue with me about that from the left. 
Trump haters will argue with me about that, just like atheists will argue with you about whether or not God is real. Let me just tell you something real quick about that, folks. This is funny. I had a conversation with an atheist a while back. And remember this for yourself, okay? This atheist, was it was on Christmas, no doubt, would not relent about whether or not God was real or Jesus died and Christmas and this and that. And I said, listen, I want you to think about this. If I hold you underwater, what do you fight for? What is it that you fight me for? Is it food? No. No. Is it new clothes? No. It's air. Why? Because instinctually, your body is telling you, I need air to survive. Now, if I march you in the desert and you have plenty of food and plenty of air, and I keep marching you through the hot desert, what does your body intentionally tell you it needs? It says, I need water or I'm going to die. I need water to survive. Now let's take it a step further. If I starve you, I give you water, and I give you air, but I don't give you any food, eventually, and I've been there, I went through ranger school, as an exchange in the army, and they don't feed us at all, hardly, for 62 days. What do you start, what does your body start craving and fighting for? Food, instinctually. Why? Because your your body and your mind and your soul instinctually know what it takes to keep you living. But here's the interesting thing I told this atheist. Have you? I asked him, I said, you ever seen anybody die? They said, No. I said, how old are you, by the way? They're 21. I said, how did you become so wise at 21, never having done anything, never seen anybody die? I said, let me tell you what happens when somebody dies, because I've been there. They do not call out for science. They don't call out for, typically, unless they're, you know, unless they're suffocating in the very end, they don't call out for food, water, and air. They call out for God. And why is that? Because their soul And their body knows if they are dying, that's who they need. That's how you defeat an atheist. They may may not believe you, but their, their biggest argument is that they're trying to prove to themselves something that they're instinctually believe, that they believe inside, that they know inside, and they argue against that. Now, how does that go with everything I'm talking about today? Well, when somebody is so ingrained and become a robot to the left, or even a robot to the far, far right... They will refuse to see reality. They will fight it. And they will believe anybody that tells them anything that's in their camp. And that's the way, if that's who you are, and you're not willing to take a step back and look at reality, you too, in the end, will be confused when Donald Trump does things that are good. You just won't believe it. You'll say, oh, that's just a, 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 that's just a, a freak accident. But it's not. When, when good results and good politicians or good leaders, very few good politicians, do the right thing because it's effective, you'll be puzzled because you weren't prepared for that outcome because you refuse to look at reality. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back. I'm going to continue to discuss this for the rest of the hour. I'll eventually get to your calls. I'd love to know what you guys think about this. Listen, I wrote a book called Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. I've plugged it many, many times on this show. It's got workbooks that are coming out in April. 
uh, and in July that are going to help you look at your life from the attacker's point of view. Start with Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Start your awareness process today. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're one of 34 million Americans that smokes, you know what a hassle it can be. For me, I'm out playing golf and I come back smelling like cigars. It's the smell on your hands and your breath, your clothes. But now thanks to Juul, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Juul is a vaporizer. It does contain nicotine for a satisfying transition. Now, when I found Juul, it was a complete game changer in my life. I don't smoke any cigars any longer and Juul was designed by smokers for smokers to be an alternative to whatever it is you're smoking. So if you're one of 34 million adults who do smoke cigars, cigarettes, pipe, whatever, well, there is an alternative to all of them. Now, to discover the smoking alternative, that's like nothing you've ever tried. Just visit JUUL.com slash Switch America. That's JUUL.com slash Switch America. Now, warning, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is addictive. This is Jonathan Gillen back in for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Listen, let's go. I want to take a call real quick. Let's go to John in Santa Fe. Uh, I think John agrees with me on this. Go ahead, John. I agree with you uh, thoroughly. And what I want to do is I want to stop having the left define our terminologies. And what I mean is even the term socialist and the term capitalists are basically from from Karl Marx. And I don't want to use those terms anymore, because if you think about it, in socialism, who benefits is the elite. So I think we want to call that what it is, which is elitism. Right. And in capitalist, that kind of infers that you you have to have capital or you have worship capital. And I do neither. I have need and don't have capital. What I am is I'm a free market person. Right. So I like to I cringe anytime somebody says capitalist because I don't believe in that either. But see, I'm a free market. That's that's the pro, that you just nailed the biggest problem is that we are it's it's the same as when you're born into the world you know and and by the time you're between zero and five you're a genius and by the time you get to five you've been indoctrinated into whatever your parents know really and then when you go to school you're indoctrinated with whatever they know and most of them are, are really very liberal we know that. And so by the time you people become adult, they only know what they've been told. They, they're not free thinkers. And that's, that's the hard part about this, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And I love your story about uh, uh, drowning somebody or starving them or putting them in the desert. That's great. I'm going to have to use that myself in the future. Use it. Use it. Because, yeah. because that's the truth. People, they try to fight against. And here's a great thing about what you're saying and about that story is that I think people understand that uh, they ultimately know that if they give away all their freedoms, they're going to be slaves. That's it, pure, pure and simple. And then when you look at socialism and how they talk down capitalism and they use those terms in such a negative way because of who created them, you understand uh, why you fight against those and, and the, the reason there's so many people up in arms these days. This is Jonathan Gillum. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And I'm going to talk some more about this and take some more of your calls. Go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum back in for our good buddy Sean Hannity, who's on his way back home from Vietnam. Wow, what a week that was for those guys, for Linda and the rest of them that were over there. And um, I'm sure that they are going to be happy to be back. Man, there's nothing like coming back to the United States after you've been out of the country and to see you know, I got to give the props to uh, all the um, 
all the officers that work, when you go through immigration and you – it's just unbelievable. If you've ever been to another country and you go through their immigration, it's a little odd. You come back through hours and it's pristine. It's like uniformed and everything that they do is standardized and it just makes you realize – the country that you live in, how incredible this country is. You know, I spent, um, I went down about three or four years ago, I went down uh, to Venezuela uh, with Vice Media. And you can look up uh, Vice uh, PMC, that stands for for the the paramilitary contractors. They were doing a story on the contractors, basically. They call us PMCs, but the reality is we're just security contractors and security experts. And I was down there doing a protection detail, and they uh, were along for the ride. And it was unbelievable. I got held for three hours uh, when they found out that I used to be an FBI agent, basically. And it is, uh, it's is—it's pretty incredible. If you get a chance to uh, look into what's happening in Venezuela and compare and contrast that with what's happening in South Africa and compare and contrast that with what's happening in Australia – in London, and Paris, and all over the globe, what you're going to see is that there is not, it is not just here in this country, okay? You're not just seeing uh, the, the Democrats doing stupid things in the United States. AOC is not just somebody who popped up inside the United States. So, the reality with this is that it is a global movement. It is a global movement that you have to realize is happening faster than most people think. Texas is an incredible example. Texas um, is falling to the left faster than most Texans even know. Florida has fallen. Right. Uh, uh, You cannot even have somebody run for office in Florida that is a realist that has an acute understandings of effective uh, decision making process get elected in Florida because they're going to have to subscribe to the Republican Party. And that may or may not work out. I've had incredible friends that have ran for office that have unbelievable qualifications but yet they ran against somebody who was an establishment member in the Republican Party and they didn't get in they didn't get funding by the Republican Party and they sent the same person to Washington DC that was there before just incompetent wonk for the establishment in Florida, you can't even go down there and represent the people it's going to turn into a melee and you're going to be fighting against people like, don't mistake him for my last name, Gillum, he spells it different, but the guy that was running for governor, who's a criminal. But the the point that you have to understand about this is that it is not just happening in the United States. It's not just happening in this state or that one. It's not just a battle between Donald Trump and the media. This is a global family tree. A global family tree. So you have to understand this and get the mindset. You have to get the mindset 
that when you look at what's going on in the world, it is coordinated. That's the big thing. You have to realize that this stuff is coordinated. And when I talk to people about this and their minds start to pop open, they start to realize. Let me give you an example of how coordination works globally on a very, very small scale. You get in your car in the United States and you drive down the road. The roads are a certain width. Okay, some some countries you drive with the passenger with the driver on the left, and some you drive with the, the driver on the right. But the roads are basically the same width. Cars have been designed universally the same way. Road signs are pretty much the same way. I remember when those um, roundabouts started getting popular. They were popular in Europe. Now they're starting to get popular here, and it spreads around the globe. What you need to realize is that these are things that are spread universally. Why? Because it works. Because people who are specialists and experts in road construction and the car manufacturers and standards and things like that come about, and then those things are global, and then that's just the way it becomes. This is the width of a car, and so that's the, the width of a road, right? And that's universal wherever you go. Never been to a country where that's not how wide the roads were, or that the, the, the yellow uh, lines in the middle or the street signs weren't very similar. Well, that's on a simple scale. But when we look at how kings and queens, and I went to Ireland uh, a couple of uh, months ago, and you look at how long it used to take for kings and queens to change or for things to change, you know, that, that is not, it used to take 100 years or more for sometimes 1,000 years for uh, a family to get pushed out or for things just to, to advance. Now they advance in 30 seconds. But it's a global movement. And when things are this similar in Australia or South Africa or London or in France, when they're that similar to the way that they are happening here in the United States and the way that they're happening in our individual states, it should, if you're driving down the road right now and listening to this, you should like just kind of take a deep breath and think about that, okay? Think about that. It is not just our mainstream media. It is not just a Democrat party. This is a global a global fist that is squeezing the planet. Now, I, I don't believe in a one-world government. I believe that there needs to be separate governments, separate countries, borders. And why is that? Because when you open up, and globalists know this, when you open up the entire country so that everybody can mill about, and so everybody can do what they want to do and go wherever they want to go. What what do you I'll give you 2 seconds to think about this. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think if a thousand years ago somebody told a king that we want to get rid of all the borders in all the countries around the world? What do you think that king would start to do immediately? He would start to maneuver for power. And that is what's happening. They are maneuvering for power. And they're on the micro scale and they're on the macro scale. States, cities, school districts. And what's crazy is they get power in a snap because they don't have to get a lot of votes to get it. You know, up up here in New York City, uh, de Blasio was elected with like 600,000 votes in a city that has 8 million I mean, think about that, folks. That's how few people went to vote for de Blasio, a communist. 
worked for the communist Nicaraguans, went to Russia on his honeymoon. He and Bernie Sanders are one in the same. You need to think about this. Bernie Sanders, AOC, de Blasio, these wackadoos that are in Congress from all these states, these local mayors that are uh, that are part of the establishment. Many of them are in the Republican Party. You look at the media and the way the media works. I could go on and on about how they treated Trump and the way that it paraded Cohen, and we'll talk about that through the rest of the show. But it is not just in the United States. This is a global movement for power. And we have examples. I've been talking to somebody who's from South Africa, and they talked. It was incredible. This I hate color of skin conversations, right? But this person has white skin was a tremendous fan of Nelson Mandela. And they said Nelson Mandela put certain stop gaps in the way that he did things and wrote laws because he saw the potential of what's happening over there right now. And what's happening over there right now is a completely destroyed country. It's People are being murdered at an amazing rate. Reparations are happening where they're just going in and taking people's lands. Because of the color of their skin. But what did they do before they did all that? What do you think they did? They took all their guns away. Australia, taking all their guns away. So, I want you all to consider this. As we get ready to go to break here in just a second. I want you to consider this. That what you're seeing every day when you see Cohen paraded and given a voice. When you see Bernie Sanders on The View... I hope you're not watching that show. You literally lose brain cells watching The View. If you hear AOC say something that's mind-boggling and people clap like she's the Queen of England, it's a global movement. It's just being refined in other places, just like terrorism. They refine their attacks over there, and then they come over here, and they use what they know, what they've learned that works. That's what's happening. This is John the Gillum filling in for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. You should order it before this show is over so that you can start reading it tonight. And then when the workbook comes out, the first workbook in April, you can get that. And the second one comes out in July. You can continue and make your entire family, your business, your state, and this country safer. Go get it. Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back. Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, they're investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. And I'm really happy to announce that Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, and now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. You get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of the big carriers, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, for the exact same service. Now bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Sean. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. This is Jonathan Gillen back in for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. And I, real quick, I only have a few minutes here. Uh, I want to talk. I brought in a good buddy of mine, Gary Taligian. 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 He's a retired lieutenant from New, Jer- New Jersey State Police. And he uh, asked me and I spoke. You can see the video of me speaking on Facebook um, where I spoke to the Troopers Bridge Foundation. And what an amazing group this was. And uh, so I wanted to bring uh, Gary on so he could talk about it real quick and tell you guys how you can um, give to this incredible foundation, because it, it really represents New York, New Jersey and Pennsylvania state troopers, basically, and really cops all, all, all over the place. But go ahead. Yeah. How, abs- how did it start? Absolutely. Um, back in 1997, when we lost Trooper Scott Gonzalez from New Jersey State Police um, in a tragic shootout. My brother, who's a Pennsylvania trooper, Blair Taligen, ended up contacting me, and we ended up meeting at the Delaware Water Gap Bridge on 80 between Pennsylvania and New Jersey to initiate putting together some funds for Scott's widow, Maureen. And from that point forward, the dinner took off between New Jersey and Pennsylvania State Police, and then New York State Police ended up getting involved. And what we did from that point moving forward, we choose death in the line of duty, injury in the line of duty, sickness in the line of duty. We choose families from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York State Police. Right. And at this stage of the game, we've we've supported over 100 families in all three states and given out uh, over $500,000 over the past 22 years. How do people uh, donate to this or, or get involved with this? Because right, right now when you have this dinner, it's pretty much troopers, but they, p- people can be involved in this, right? Absolutely. People can get involved in it by um, going to the Troopers Bridge Dinner Foundation. We have a uh, Facebook page. They'll be able to contact us through that point, and then we can give them the information on our 501c3 and how they can make donations and how they can attend the dinner also. Yeah. We take on sponsorships. So this year alone, how many troopers have we lost in this area? This year alone, we we honored five troopers that we lost. One, we, we lost four in the line of duty, loss of life. Yeah. And one was a, was a return recipient. It was injury in the line of duty, which was Alex Douglas from Pennsylvania State Police, who eventually 
um, due to his injuries, had his uh, leg amputated, right. and we brought him back as a recipient. He's a great guy. One nine eleven uh, loss. Uh, the other three, two of them were uh, motor vehicle accidents, and one was a domestic shootout that yeah. we lost between right. uh, New York and uh, New Jersey. Right. Yeah, I don't think people realize, you know, and we only got about a minute here. People they don't realize we send our troops off to deploy in foreign uh, nations, but. Law enforcement here, and especially troopers, are under a tremendous threat all the time. Especially troopers because they work alone. Most of the yeah, most of the time when we go out in the evenings, we will ride double at times. But during the day and the uh, afternoon tours, we're running single. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick: just yes or no answer. Has politics made the job of being a cop more dangerous? It. I, I would say, yes, it has made it uh, a bit m- more dangerous in a point where people are skeptical and untrusting. So it's it's had to give us um, – we, we've had to gain the ability to get the public's trust back again because there is a skepticism when dealing with us. So we're, we're now working back up the mountain to trust. That's very well said. <laughs> I could probably talk for an hour on that myself. Um, but uh, listen, tell everybody again how they find – and uh, and donate to this uh, this organization, incredible organization. Well, they they can reach out to us. We ha- like I said, we have a Facebook page, which is is the Troopers Bridge Foundation that they can reach out to, and uh, possibly maybe what we can do is put a link towards you, Jonathan, sure. if, if you would be happy with that, and yeah. they can contact us through you also. I'll put it on my Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and Instagram. I don't really know what Instagram's all about still, but I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, and then you guys go and you uh, give to them. 100% of the funds that we raise go to the recipients each year through the criteria, and that's how we, we, we awesome. choose them, obviously, and awesome. the money funds go to them. The, the Troopers Bridge Foundation, and I'll put that information on my website. We'll be right back. Jonathan Gillum back in for my good buddy, Sean Hannity, the Sean Hannity Radio Show. You know, folks, I was talking in the first hour about... It's kind of philosophical a little bit, but it all is. You're going to see now how all this ties in. Okay, I like to start off philosophical and then pull you in, and hopefully you're listening to this not just for 20 minutes that you're listening to the whole show because here's the reality. Like I said earlier, this is a global movement that's happening, right? This is not just the Democrats versus Republicans or Trump being bashed by the media. This is something that's going on around the world. And they have systematically stepped all over politicians that are even remotely similar to Trump, although there's nobody really similar to Donald Trump at all. I I wanted to bring in, because I feel it's important, not to bring in an attorney, which we seem to have a a plethora of attorneys who are now, quote, unquote, analysts on TV and in media. Let's reach, I, I figured, let's call my good buddy that when I need to know the reality of how covert operations work, and that's Scott Eulinger, former CIA uh, operations officer and station chief, and also a naval officer. And uh, you just wrote an article, Scott, on Newsmax uh, about Trump walked away yeah. from North Korea like Reagan did USSR. <clears throat> now, the funny thing about that is I said that um, uh, somebody made a comment yesterday, another commentator, uh, saying how uh, that Trump uh, was played, he looked like a fool, that he should have had all this stuff done before he went there, so they just shook hands. And I basically made the response, so he should have had a summit before the summit is what you're saying. But that's not always the way it works, and that's not always the best thing to do, is it not? Like, if he got up and walked off and showed dominance, that's actually a good thing. 
Right, exactly. I mean, a lot of times with these conferences, they do have the meeting, the pre-meeting before the meeting, you know. But this is different because here we have the, the, the United States president meeting with the North Korean leader. That's something that's never happened. And that's another thing we need to keep perspective on. If we had been, if you and I had been on the radio talking two and a half years ago that Donald Trump was going to be meeting with Kim Jong-un, everyone would have thought we were crazy. The impossible has already happened. He's actually meeting with him. And you're right. And walking away is a strong thing to do. And by the way, don't think that the Chinese haven't noticed this as far as the trade talks with China are going, because now Donald Trump has shown the world he's willing to walk away. So believe you me, the Chinese are thinking, is he going to walk away with the trade deal that we're, we've been discussing for weeks? Yeah. So well, all these things have uh, they transcend. It's not just about North Korea. It's about how he looks on the world stage, how the president of the United States looks on the world stage. And see, that's what I thought when he was in the Oval Office with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And he owned that situation. This happened a month or so ago. And he said, you know what? I will own the shutdown. I will own it because we're going to have border security. And he that was a moment uh, uh, defining who he was. I think that, of course, the media overlooked it because of what I'm talking about, this global thing. They just overlook anything he does. But I look at what he did yesterday as something I, I, that I wouldn't even say is r- like Ronald Reagan because Ronald Reagan existed in an era of politics where um, we were still dominant. We were still considered a dominant country. And I'm not saying dominant like we're going to go around and throw our weight around like the old USSR, but we are a, a dominant uh, force for freedom in this world and and we're not really that way anymore and uh, because of Obama and I will even say George Bush in the way that uh, the decline of American exceptionalism and the respect around the world for Donald Trump to get up and do what he did yesterday is a huge thing compared to Ronald Reagan that's right and, and also Ronald Reagan uh, when Ronald Reagan was in Reykjavik Iceland he there weren't the Congress wasn't convening uh, listening to a known perjurer give uh, give more dirt on uh, the president of the United States right. which we saw with the with the Democrats so you know that old politics ends at the water's edge you know that's been gone now didn't buried for 15 years or so and that's another thing that President Trump has to deal with well what's funny is what I did I started to allude to but I didn't finish is that you have people, when I, when I responded to this uh, commentator uh, that was on Twitter saying this, and then you get the trolls coming on there, they say stuff like, you know, no president ever walks away. Tell me when some president has ever walked away from them. Obviously, they, they know, or they just don't have the ability to go and type in on a search engine, has a president ever walked away? Because it has happened. That's right. And also, and also, it probably hasn't happened enough. Because probably right. in the past 50 years, if you go back, there's been plenty of times where we should have walked away and we did not. You know, we signed an agreement with uh, North Korea. We were supposed to have solved this under President Clinton in 1994, the agreed framework. That's a deal that was signed that should never have been signed because it was utterly useless. We gave them, we gave them millions of tons of fuel oil and they cheated on uh, developing nuclear weapons anyway. So there's been plenty of deals where we should have walked away and didn't. So it's about time that we had that you know we had have a realistic president who has no illusions who said okay I'm going to walk away and by the way that doesn't mean that this is all finished this is just another step in the progress we're making toward denuclearization now it may never happen but 
de- you know, disarmament. This is we're dealing with a, a formidable, uh, deceptive enemy here. So you know, this is a process. It's going to take years. But every month that we're at the t- table talking is one less month that we're at war, and I can't see that as anything but a good thing. Yeah. Well. So let, let's think about this a little bit and go a little bit behind, uh, because nobody's going to really even, until Donald Trump has a treaty in his hand that says something, nobody's really going to even concentrate on that. They're not even concentrating on the fact right. of his power move yesterday. They're already talking about something that he said about uh, Adam Warmbier uh, and, and that uh, right. Kim Jong-un uh, says that he didn't know, and, and, and something that, I, I believe that was a mistake saying that, but listen, the reality is right. he's a- It may have been some game, it may have been some game in- could have been. Sometimes you have to say you have to say unpalatable things yeah. when you're in the diplomatic world. And, and, so and he that, may have said that knowing it wasn't true, but he's got to kind of set up Kim Jong Un for success, right? Sort of, you know, and, so that's possible. And that's what kills about the American media is that they they crush him when and they never consider what you just said, right? They don't consider they just crush him, and uh, and it, it it really makes it's got to make it difficult for him. Uh, doing these types of uh, summits and negotiations. But what I want you to explain to the people is the reality of diplomacy. People are under the illusion that these politicians will will meet up in a summit and that diplomacy is is similar to going into um, you know a small bar, and you know so and so's over there. That's from you know that you don't really like him too much, but you know you got mutual friends, and they really want you guys to get together. And that diplomacy is like going in and saying, "Okay, all right, I'll sit down, we'll have a beer," and then you try to become friends. And by the end of the night, you're just drinking and laughing and having a great time. You're friends for the rest of your life. That's the way they think diplomacy works, but that is not the case. Without strength, you have no diplomacy. Right? Is that true? That's right. That's right. And 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 North Korea has spent an, uh, fifty years taking advantage of our weakness, our inability to see through their deception. We're uh, always looking to cut a deal, no matter what. The Iranians played um, Obama like a Stradivarius when it came to the same thing. The guy so desperately wanted the deal. The Iranians at one point realized we can do anything we want here, and he is going to sign it because. He can't walk away. He's too committed to it. Yeah. And and these kinds of reading your enemy is is a key to diplomacy. Now, unfortunately, you know, in the past we have been taken advantage of. But for once, you know, the North Koreans and we and this is this was covered in the press, you know, whatever eight months ago. The North Koreans are actually thinking like, where is this guy coming from? We don't exactly know. We have been able to play the Americans like violence for years, but this person is suddenly different. And so does it mean that Donald Trump is going to be successful where others have not been? I don't know. However, he already is more, has made more progress than anyone else. Yeah. And so he's giving it his best shot, which is the best that anyone can do, but he's also going in with eyes open. And if, if it's going to be solved, it will be by somebody, the likes of him. Instead of, uh, you know, Wendy Sherman, the woman who signed the Iranian deal, who before working in the administration was a social worker. (laughs) Believe it or not. Oh, and by the way, she also was responsible for the 1994 uh, uh, framework agreement with North Korea, another disaster. So she's two for O, two disastrous uh, uh, agreements signed, and her background is social. Wait, who is this woman again? Wendy Sherman 
was like brought into the Clinton administration and she was a former social worker. And then she moved up some, you know, she political appointees into the State Department, et cetera. And she wound up negotiating deals with known thugs, assassins, uh, and murderers. Same thing in the, in the Obama administration. The, you talk about the per- Right. The person least likely to be able to get a good deal would, would have been her. And she was the one doing it. So, well, I could say a lot about the uh, Ben Rhodes and the Obama administration. I, what I challenge people to do is go look at who ran these things. And, and I don't even care if it's Wikipedia. Just go look them up. And you're going to see the reality of who's negotiating for our country. It's a, it's scary and it's a disaster. Listen, Scott, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Then we'll have a little bit of time on the other side of the break. Let's come and we'll come back. And I want to ask you the reality of this global movement, which I've been talking about and how much it is playing into events that are going on around. Um, you can find Scott Ulinger on Twitter at the station chief. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Go find us, add us, like us, follow us, and we will participate in the dialogue with you. And go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back. Jonathan Gilliam back in for Sean Hannity while he travels back to the United States. Almost sounded like... uh, Rick Shannon, right there, a little bit. Uh, so anyway, we got Scott. We got Scott Ulinger still on the radio, on the on the radio, on the phone with us. And Scott, so here's what I ask you: the, the first part of the show, I was talking about um, the ideology and the family tree, the politics, the media, um, and how worldwide uh, they are able to push this uh, this global movement forward. If we look at the headlines right now, that it's like on FoxNews.com it says Dems embrace reparations. Um, border wall construction, Green New Deal. Uh, I don't know about the border wall con- de- uh, destruction. Okay, so they embrace reparations, border wall destruction, and Green New Deal, which is going to bankrupt the com- country. Now, when you look at South Africa, and when you look at Australia, and you look at all these other places around the world where they have moved to take away guns, and it's systematic, it happens the same exact way. Get rid of the guns. Um, get rid of the uh, conservative free speech, um, get rid of border walls, bring in uh, ref, quote unquote refugees, and then start reparations, right? There's no way that that is just systematically happening spontaneously in each country um, and it's not connected. Is, am I correct that way? I mean, I think people, I think that there's what, what's happened is, you know, our education system has gotten to the point that, that, Basically, you're getting similar. You're getting similar brilliant ideas all over the globe that are all kind of leaning toward that are leaning towards socialism. But I mean, you, like, know, you, know, you don't green, think. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me give you a little pushback on there. You you ran operations in other places in the country. You don't think? I mean, you got to say there's. It, it is strange that the exact thing, the exact way, is happening at the exact same time in so many of these free countries. That's too coincidental. Right, but, but, right, well, that's, that's true, John. But also, a lot of this stuff has been happening for many years. I mean, a lot of this is taken out of, like, the standard communist playbook. I mean, pitting right. minorities against one another is something that Stalin was doing in the 1920s. I mean, you know, so there's certain tools in the communist playbook that have been wholeheartedly adapted by, like, the liberal progressives, in, whether it's in Western Europe or um, in Canada or United States or um, in Venezuela. That, that's been done to, like, establish control over the people. And now, with the rise of technology, it allows it, – it's, it's a dream come true for the um, – for even people like the Chinese with their, 
with their social media scores. You know, about in China, they have everyone in the country now has a, th- a score of 1,000. They monitor you intermittently on Facebook and social, their social media, and they start knocking points off. If you get below a certain limit, let's say 700 points, you're not flying anywhere outside of China. Right. And maybe below 600 points, you're not allowed to take a train in China. So, so you know, what, what would so have been like... What would it have been like for you to run operations when, if social media was around when when you were? Because you got out right when social media started to get big. Right. What, what would that have been like? How much easier would that have been? I mean, it, it would have it would have been it would have been absolutely a dream come true. <laughs> because, uh, well, for one thing, the one thing about social media, for instance, let, let's say LinkedIn, people can check me out on LinkedIn. They can check you out on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or on Twitter. And they can find more, and I did this willingly, but they can find out more information from me in, in 30 minutes than somebody in 1980 you know, could have found out over a period of months about me if I was some, like a target for an intelligence operation. Right. This is the kind of information you have to obtain from somebody slowly. Or maybe the agency or the FBI has some uh, record of this person who's been met by previous people. But like, if you're targeting someone for an operation, this this now this this information is at someone's fingertips. And of course, now if you're going to talk about a covert uh, action, where which I did not do very much of, where you're going to start basically forcing a narrative on a population to get them to go somewhere the way the the way the the Russians turned um, Eastern Europe red after World War II. Social media allows you to do that very efficiently and extremely cheaply with a minimum of people. Yeah. And we see it every day now and we just accept it as a fact of life when it's not it's it's been twisted and you know, when you look at the amount of conservative speakers banned off social media and stuff, it's that's Got a frightening. That's a frightening uh, development we have. Yeah. Got a break there. God bless you, brother. Have a great weekend, Scott Ulinger, at the station chief on Twitter. Go find him. Find me on Twitter at J Gilliam underscore Seal and Jonathan T Gilliam on everything else. And go get my book, Sheep No More: The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back. And this is Jonathan Gilliam filling in for my good buddy. Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity radio show. I wonder how long it's going to take Linda to get back, if she's going to get back before Monday, because evidently Sean left a day after she did to go to Vietnam, and it took her a day extra to get there. Poor little, poor little Linda. Poor. Be nice. Stop being mean. <laughs> she's everywhere. She's the everywhere spirit. Okay, so you heard from Scott there, right? You heard my opening rants talking about the ideological movement of globalism and, and how what is happening in in the United States, how everybody on the Democratic side or in media just are against Trump, or you see these states turning uh, blue at a rapid pace, how the reality is it's a global movement because it's happening in other countries. One thing in particular that Scott Eulinger said is when he was running operations in the CIA, if social media had been around, it would have been a dream. Because then you could have made things happen so much faster and on so much larger of a scale. Now that is what is something I want to key in on a little bit now. And the reality of how media, which is a huge part of this family tree, it's the echo chamber of this family tree, how they just refuse to concentrate on things that President Trump has done that's good. And we see this over and over again. So I figured I'd bring in my my exceptionally good friend, and listen, this, this accent that you're going to hear is totally real. I just want everybody to know that. This is not an act. She is the political diva, Tracy Belmonte. 
And those of you that I, I probably, she has a huge following online. She's done a lot with GOP campaigns. Uh, she's got like 15 degrees. And <laughs> I'm trying, it's true. You have a degree in almost everything. But you're not just a, you're not just an educated person who's been like an educator. You're somebody who is a thought leader, and you're all, you've also been an actress and a model, and you've done all these different things. But you see the reality uh, from the conversations that we've had, and the things that you've seen both both in politics and, and in life of how much is left out, especially when we talk about Trump. How much is left out? Uh, that he does and is never reported. So even people on the left think, oh, gosh, he's just failing here. He's doing this. He's doing that because they don't step out of the of the little box they've been put in and they don't see reality. You know, Jonathan, the level of desperation of the leftist opposition media, and they are the opposition because they oppose everything that is traditional, uh, all the traditional American principles, and, and they work to further this, this hedonistic leftist ideology. Uh, you know, it's, it's reached DEFCON 5 at this point. And, you know, we saw it this week. You know, they're more interested in giving an audience to a loathsome, lying criminal like Michael Cohen and bashing our president than they are supporting our president as he attempts to negotiate peace with one of our most dangerous enemies. And this is our media in 2019, Jonathan. Well, you've been in media, right? You've been in media for quite mm-hmm. some time. Is it, is it, um, how much have you been censored on media? I know there's a thing out on Facebook right now and uh, about Facebook where they're saying that they were, and we all know that this happened, the fact that we have to have a news story to show this. My reach at one time on Facebook Live uh, I was doing a show every night called The Experts, uh, and it was being simulcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And my reach was almost a million people a night on Facebook, and it went down to like 3,000 uh, after I criticized um, some uh, leftists in this country and just disappeared. How much have you seen this, and how much of a part do you think when it comes to getting the truth out about what President Trump is doing or what's effective, how much is that being blocked? Oh, oh, goodness gracious. If you're a conservative, forget it. (laughs) It's true. Uh, I have plenty of friends that have lost their accounts on Periscope, Twitter, and all the new media platforms for no reason at all. And they're not given a reason. And when they try to appeal Twitter, Periscope, they just don't get any replies back. Uh, I have a friend uh, that has a very successful new media show, and uh, he had to appeal 11 times to get a response, and he still doesn't know what he did wrong, and he's really not that controversial. I'm not that controversial either. I'm pretty uh, mainstream uh, conservative Republican, but uh, you know, I'm shadow banned uh, to oblivion on Twitter. I mean, but, you know, we see with the mainstream media, it, it, this week was really, really telling because I, I didn't even know that President Trump brokered a $20 billion deal with Vietnam's bamboo airways. Did you even hear about that? No. What, what no, is it? And the only reason he brokered, Trump brokered a deal with a $20 billion deal for, with Boeing, uh, which is going to bring a lot of revenue into our country. Yes, I did and hear he that. you didn't okay. even hear about it. Yeah. I, it, I, the only reason I heard about it was because Donald Trump tweeted about it. And uh, it's my goal to Twitter and Donald Trump's feed for my news. <laughs> right. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing. Social media, when it first started, and when I was talking to uh, Scott Eulinger earlier um, about how it could be used in, in, um, in covert, subversive operations, 
um, social media was for a period of time. It was uh, our voice started to get very big. I know you run your your own social media show. You were part of another social media show, and mm-hmm. it started to really be a, a major competitor with uh, mainstream media. And then that was just that was stopped. It was completely stopped. So the voice kind of went down um, uh, as far as the the reach that the conservative um, platform had. But how much of and I really want to get your take on this. When we look at the global mm-hmm. the global movement of the left and the right, right, and we look at the global movement mm-hmm. of these establishments, you know, you've done a lot with the GOP. I have a gripe with the GOP because I don't believe mm-hmm. that when I go around and I speak to all these different GOP groups uh, and I'm meeting the people, they are not in line with the GOP establishment. How much of that have you seen and how much of that is causing the president uh, this same conflict when it comes to uh, doing his job. Oh, we have a rhino problem in the GOP, and I, I, you know I'm from New York, and no. the only way I can no. go in the private. I know you couldn't tell, right? I, although if you uh, look at Twitter, they think I'm a Russian bot because obviously I have that accent, right? Yeah. But you know, if we if we vote in a primary here, it's closed. So I have to remain a member of the GOP. Otherwise, I probably would have left the party a long time ago in favor of being an independent because I'm America first. Uh, I'm not necessarily uh, down with this rhino GOP establishment that seems to be controlling everything. And we, you know, we see it time and time again, Jonathan, when they, when the GOP, when it matters, like let's just say getting rid of Obamacare, when the vote matters, they don't follow through. They're spineless. They let the Democrats get away time and time again with yeah, a murder. I can't, it's crazy. Well, I don't you know. know. Let's face it. I don't know a lot of times if they let them get away with it or if they're a part of it. Just just like when we look at health care. You know, seven years, President Trump comes in. They didn't think he was going to win. He won. They had no bill. They didn't have an alternative. Right. There was nothing there. And when it... Right. And when the vote matters, when it matters, they just they they don't pull it through and they they're just spineless. And you're right. They probably are in on it. And, you know, with the with the Democrats and 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 Republicans and globalism and uh, social media, you know, let's put it this way. Conservatives that are true conservatives that are true principal conservatives, they're going to be censored. Anybody that's for Donald Trump is going to be censored, shadow banned, whatever you want to call it, because the only way the Democrats can win is to cheat. And unfortunately, they're in charge of everything. You know, our, our economy is powerfully strong. The jobs market and consumer optimism are at record highs. We're a safe and secure nation today because of President Trump. And the only way the Democrats can win is by cheating. And that, that's what they're doing, because this far-left platform of open borders and gun-grabbing and, and Medicare for all socialism, it's not going to win middle, middle America unless we don't hear about it. No, but here's the scary part, right? Here's the scary part. Young people in this country, and by and large, a lot of people that are, are not young, I mean, people are being snowed into believing Trump is a bad president because all they watch is mainstream media. They're, they've been snowed into believing that socialism could actually work here, and they don't look into anything. They, they take a meme, and they say that's the truth. Or they listen to a mm-hmm. commentator, and they say that's the truth, and they don't look into it. It's terrifying. It really is. The liberal indoctrination of our youth 
made me angry enough as an educator to become politically active. So I started to write political articles. I started to work on America First campaigns at the local and federal level. I started to broadcast with new media programs and get that work out there and do my part. But sadly, most people I find, the mainstream type of people, will complain about these things on social media. But when push comes to shove, they won't go to a rally. They won't go and volunteer or some sort of uh, political campaign that can get us closer to our goal and to keep our Constitution safe for decades to come. And I think that's the biggest problem. That is that is mm-hmm. one thing in this country that has allowed what's happening in other countries uh, to progress is the fact that they that people are not organizing on the right. They're just they just refuse. That's why you know the thing about the wall and and people were sending money in for the wall and this and that. That bothered me not because, uh, you know, people wanted to do something. It bothered me because it was another way for people not to get up and act. And I just, you know, a lot of these GoFundMe campaigns that I push forward, I think they're great. And I will continue to push for people to send $5 or $20 here or there for people that need it. I think the American people are very uh, gracious in that way and make big changes. But when it comes to this movement, it's, it's uh, seeping into our country very quick. They got to get up. Absolutely. And and that is the biggest problem that I find is apathy. When I, I have worked on these campaigns, when Donald Trump was running for president, I didn't go to Trump Tower uh, necessarily all the time to go work on that campaign. There were places in Queens where I was needed to make phone calls, put together signs. I traveled to New Hampshire because they asked me to. I traveled to Pennsylvania because they asked me to. But I asked somebody to travel five minutes outside their house. No, they rather stay on Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever and complain about it. And that's the biggest problem that I find is the apathy. You have no right to complain about the state of our country if you're not involved. Yeah. How do people, that's I think a big thing, is that there are people that want to get involved. They don't know how. How do they get involved? Uh, yeah, I, I tell them all the time, uh, become a broadcaster. There are plenty of platforms. And yes, yeah, I granted, we are <laughs> definitely uh, censored. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to get on the platforms and to broadcast. Get involved in campaigns. Now, in New York, I, I kind of get the short end of the stick here. I mean, Peter King is, is pretty good. I like Lee Zeldin a lot. But um, there are not a lot of MAGA candidates in New York. But I'm not going to give up on my state. So get involved in those little things. Uh, get on social media. You can find groups, meetups. You know, there are places where we can get together and organize. And and they are actually happening. That's the thing. People just have to look for it. Um, listen, how do, people, right. how do people find you? Because I know your, your information probably will lead people to some of these meetups and stuff. How do they find you on social media? Absolutely. Well, you can go to my website, politadiva.com, or, and I have a very active Twitter presence on, uh, at Real Politadiva. <laughs> and that's P-O-L-I-T-I, Diva. Yes, because I love politics and I never met a sequin I didn't like. There you go. So. Oh, you blend. <laughs> Say that for me once. Oh, you blend. Oh, you blend. See, there you go. That's real. <laughs> That's real right there. All right, listen, um, love you, and uh, and uh, we'll have you back on when I host again. Keep doing what you're doing because this is the voice that people need to hear, and they need to realize that you know you don't have to be a superstar politician or somebody who's an anchor on TV to make a difference. You just have to get up and get together. That's right. That's where it starts. Yeah.
All right. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I know you're going to have a great Friday night, and uh, I will be talking to you soon. This is John the Gillum filling in for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Add me on all of them. Join in the dialogue. I've had tons of people meet each other through my social media and become friends and a part of this this voice. Let's push them. Let's push this leftist globalist movement back out of this country. We are in the exact footsteps of our founding fathers. We have to claim it. We have to be it, and we have to start moving. Go get my book, Sheep No More: The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. That'll teach you how to protect your home and yourself, your family, your business. And let's get this whole empowerment thing moving. We'll be right back. This is John the Gillum back in for Sean Hannity, and I just had my good friend Tracy Belmonte, the political diva, on here, and I want to bring in one of the callers, Carrie from Riverdale, New Jersey. What do you, What did you think, Carrie? What do you got? Uh, hi, Jonathan. I just wanted to comment on uh, you know supporters of the right getting involved in things like this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, supporting the candidates, and I, for one, um, you know, I'm afraid to do it just because of the ramifications that the Democratic Party can put on us. We've seen it over and over again with audits and things like that. And I'm a small business owner, and I'm not willing to put my business or my employees mm-hmm. at risk. And I think we saw that a lot with the the polling that's done, you know, in the last right. election, and even still, you know, it's just not accurate. But we're, it, we're afraid to say anything. But it's it's crazy, and I'm sorry that this got to be such a short call. But I'm going to talk about what you brought up in the end uh, of the uh, the last hour, okay, Trey, I promise, uh, I promise that, Carrie, uh, because what you're talking about, it's called depression. I mean, that's the reality, is it not? And that is the reality of what's happening in this country. Free speech of conservatives, of free thinkers, is being oppressed. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. While you're on break, go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum back in for the third hour for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. I hope that everybody's been listening for the entire show. You know, when I come on, I I don't get to host all the time. So when I come on, I pour a lot into this show and I talk a lot about the ideology I have. I talk about a lot of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And one thing that you're seeing on television and mainstream media and on the radio nowadays is that First of all, there's a lot of attorneys, which I don't know why we're listening to attorneys so much. I, I love attorneys. They serve a purpose, but they're really, we listen to them way too much. Uh, myself, having been a Navy SEAL and an FBI agent, done all these different things, I have an insight. I don't know everything, and, I, and I'm the first to tell you, but I have an insight into the way things come about, especially from a leadership point of view, what's effective and what's not. And I, you know, when I was putting together, the list today for who was going to be on a good buddy of mine, Santos, he, uh, uh, another Navy vet. He uh, reached out to me and he said, I've got a great guest for you. And it's, I mean, listen, I'm a huge fan. I, I rarely get starstruck, but this is one of the people that would make me starstruck. Um, unfortunately I haven't ridden a motorcycle in forever because I had a bad crash in 88. Maybe one day I'll get back on one. So you all know him as, uh, the, the big, massive father on American Choppers, Paul Tuttle Sr. He's the founder of Orange County Choppers, and uh, you know his custom motorcycles are all over the place. And, uh, Paul, man, it is an honor to have you on here and get the interview. It's a huge honor. That's an honor for me. <laughs> so, uh, so Thanks for having me. You got it. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, talking about leadership and things like that, what, you know, 
What has been the biggest challenge? I know a lot of people, uh, you know, have dreams and aspirations of, of uh, opening a company and running a company, a small business. What is the biggest challenge in starting a company and sustaining a company? You still there? Is he still there? Did we lose him? Yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. We got you. We got you. So, so the question was as, as far as starting a company and, su- and, and sustaining it, because you know a lot of people have an idea to start it, um, but great ideas don't always work. But what what do you think from because you're a successful business owner? What does it take to really start a company and then sustain it? I, I've always uh, perseverance, perseverance. I think yeah. absolutely. You know, and I've always been that type of person. You know, if I if I uh, um, couldn't get through the door, well, then I go through the wall, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's, the, well, that's the way I've been since day one, you know, and even, even today I'm a little bit older, but I'm the same way, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't like to, uh, be defeated. So, you know, I, I pretty much go to any lengths that I have to, uh, to stay in there. Listen, times, you know, I've been through a lot of tough times and, and, uh, you know, I've always been never to persevere through it. And I guess, you know what, I'm just not a quitter, I'm not a quitter, you know? You know, one thing I like about what you guys do there is you're very specific in also your company is very specific in what you do. And you have branched. I mean, watching the show over the years, I've watched it since day one. You guys have uh, you, you've changed things a little bit, but you've you've always been very specific on what you create and uh, and your the specific talent that you have. That have you found that that's difficult to maintain specific because a lot of people get too broad and then they lose the vision that they had when they first started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I think it's all about quality. Um, you know, we pride ourselves in uh, in what we do. You know, and and you know, it's sometimes you know it's it's kind of tough when you're in the position that that we're in. You know, we have millions and millions and millions of people looking at you all the time, and everybody's not looking for the for the good stuff you do. They're always looking to criticize you. But I think that you know it goes back to what I was talking about uh, before. You know, and I and I, I think you know. Listen, there's a lot involved in business, and I and I I still believe that your word is the most important. I still and I go by that still today. Right. Yeah. That's. That's a huge thing that's been lost. I mean, I, I tell you, you fly a lot, I would imagine. I, I have to fly quite a bit, and the airline industry is destroyed. There's no quality service, and everything you just said does not exist in the airline industry anymore. The, you're just, you have to fly, so they give you bare minimum. And there's no, it's not like they keep their word on anything. Uh, listen, I, I do I do fly uh, a lot, and and. <laughs> For all the years that we've been with Discovery, man, we flew everywhere. I mean, everywhere, everywhere in the world. And uh, yeah, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't get it. You know, it, it's um, well, they got you trapped. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're paying, you know, good money to fly, and and you know, nobody. Listen, I I, I was flying to, I think it was um, uh, the Philippines, and I and 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 first class and you know what i asked for a bottle of water and they told me that you know when they get around to it i'll get a, i'll get my water you know and it was like 45 minutes later <clears throat> they came with a bottle of water so you know wow yeah that's unbelievable now on, on many of these airlines yes for a bottle of water is going to cost you like nine dollars i mean it's it's re- absolutely <laughs> yeah. ridiculous but li- li- okay so here, here's the other things i want to ask you and i think this is 
incredibly interesting from when I and one of the things I thought about when I wanted to interview is that you know I'm I've been in the media now for about five years um, when I left the FBI and, and uh, because of Catherine Herridge on Fox News I got in the media and it's interesting you're, you're there's an ebb and flow for analysts in the media and when you lose that spotlight it's difficult on a lot of people I have you know other things in life that I'm doing as well. But with the reality show, the spotlight to succeed is on you. And then and then for a while, you guys were gone. Um, I'm not sure if that gave you time to relax and, and prepare or if it was a longing to get back on there. But what is it like in life that most people don't understand about uh, having a reality TV show? Does it is it difficult to live a normal life when everything's exposed like that? You know, it's it's extremely, extremely um, difficult. You know, listen, it's it's kind of like any you know anything that you do. You know, you, you got to take the good with the with the bad. But you know, you you look at it like I'm a blue collar guy. You know, yeah. I mean, I had a steel fabricating business, and and you know, I I did what I had to do. But you know, I, we were also a uh, overnight success. So yeah. you go from being a blue collar guy, you know, that you know does his work i worked seven days a week even back then to this all of a sudden you're this overnight you're you're, you're, we were overnight success it's like okay so you know where do i how do i how do i adapt to this you know so it was like you know you're thrown if you can't you know swim and you're thrown into the water that's that's what it was like so it was it was i didn't have a lot of people behind me you know it was kind of had a small business and it was like okay how do i adapt and it it was it was uh And, and and listen, being a celebrity, you're underneath a, um, a microscope all the time, you know, and people, yeah. people are not looking for the good you do. They're just looking for the negative stuff. So it becomes, it, it, it becomes a battle, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, as much, as much as you try to do the right thing, your, your people are always looking and they're always, they'll never give you credit for the good thing. And, and I think that's one of the disappointments and I guess being a celebrity, but there's a lot of gratitude in it too. I mean, I think it puts you in a position where you can really make a difference in people's lives. And I think that that's like today, that's, that's what I look for. You yeah. know, if, if I have an opportunity to change somebody's life and, and, and listen, I, I feel fortunate at this stage of my life that I'm able to do that. Yeah. You know, when you say uh, that it's like being thrown in a pool that you can't swim, I think for you, it was like being thrown into the Olympics in a pool. Where when you you don't know how to swim because you guys really went from uh, from zero to a thousand and you know having moved here um, from Arkansas via Virginia Beach and stuff when I was in the military um, and I got to know a lot of um, blue collar especially steel workers you know there's a certain mentality of um, not being reserved I mean definitely a lot of these guys are not reserved but they're just good people but their lives are very systematic when you're in that industry. You know, you work nine to five or you work 14 hours, you do whatever you got to do and you go home, you have your family. And for you, it went from that, at least it appeared that it went from that to something that was completely like rock and roll. Yeah, to say the least, you know, it's, (laughs) um, yeah, it was, it it was, uh, it was quite an adaption to be able to, and, and you know, the thing of it is, is that it's, Kind of like uh, what do they say? You take the boy out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the boy. So you know when you when you you know all of a sudden this limo's picking you up, and you're like, oh well, I you know <laughs> listen, the first limo that picked me up, I said, if you want, I'll drive, <laughs> and I and I and I really meant it, you know. So 
you know, you know, you're not. It's such a totally different life, and 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 again, it's you. I I kind of had to adapt to that overnight, and 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 it was probably the biggest challenge in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, you work you work hard. Listen, we all like to make money, you know, and you work real hard uh, to do that. And now you're in in the opposite position. You're trying to figure out how to capture that, you know. And it, and it, it sounds simple, but it was. It was, it was quite it was quite a challenge. But well, do you still you know most people I know that that are in steel work they love steel they love to work and you were in metal fabrication and things is that still uh, a big part of who you are I mean do you still enjoy that or do that or is, is that done? You know I, it, it's funny you say that because you know what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Uh, me and Mikey are building railings tomorrow morning. No wrought kidding. iron railings. No yeah. kidding. So yeah, and you know it. it Listen, it's all about the passion, you know what I mean? And, and, and listen, iron work is a tough business. You know, you're carrying steel and you're, uh, you, you know, in, in the summertime and you're roasting in the wintertime, you're freezing. But you know what? I loved it. And, and the reason why I love it is like the same thing with building bikes, you know. You're starting off with a piece of metal and the next thing you know, you put up a building. And, and the same thing with bikes. You're starting off with a piece of metal and then all of a sudden you got this beautiful bike. Yeah. So there's always a reward in it. Right. Right. Listen, stay with me if you would, Paul. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about your show real quick and how people can watch it now that it's back. I know it's already premiered, but just stay right there and uh, find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal. And I think it's uh, Paul. I'm going to find out on Twitter. He's on Twitter and Instagram and everything. He's, you know, he's all over the place. Go find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I'm Jonathan T. Gilliam on Instagram and, uh, and YouTube and Facebook. And we'll be right back and go get my book, Sheep No More. You can order it while you're on the break. We'll be right back. Jonathan Gillum in for my good buddy Sean Hannity. Continue my conversation with the founder of Orange County Choppers from American Chopper, uh, Paul Tuttle Sr. And Paul, um, real quick, let's talk about the show and how it compares to the way it was, uh, well, from when it first started, but uh, from it's now started up again. And is it is it on Discovery Channel? What channel is it on? It's on Discovery Channel, and we're on at 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights. And we lead in with with a show before that. Usually, the week before is on seven, and then eight o'clock we start. You know, we do a new show. Did they at one point try to get you to move to Alaska and make moonshine? Because it seems like every other show on Discovery is either about Alaska or moonshine. <laughs> it's either about that, or it's a family with their and with the father having his uh, cut off shirt and yeah. uh, a mustache. <laughs> So uh, is there a, uh, is there a big difference in the show now from before? Because I loved the show before. I don't know uh, why it went away, but uh, I, I've always thought that uh, the relationships were real and you guys didn't hold back. And I know enough people in reality TV to know what's real and what's not, and you guys always seemed real. No, and I, and I honestly believe that we were the first real reality show because you really can't make that stuff up. Right. Uh, but I think the difference now is that, you know, there's less drama. People don't really want to see too much of that drama anymore. But, you know, for us, it's about really building cool bikes, you know, and bringing the company in a, in a, a different direction with the bikes that we're building. We're building cooler bikes. And, uh, you know, for me, that's, what, that's kind of what it was always all about was building the bikes. Yeah, I think you know biker build off was big for a while, and then when you guys did the thing with uh, uh, Jesse James and uh, Paul Junior, and uh, you guys had and the guys from um, uh, the whatever it's called uh, the garage guys, yeah, um, 
you know, the ratings were huge for those shows. And I think uh, I think you're on to something because people really do love. I mean, that was the bottom line. We love seeing what you guys make and taking going through that process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I and I and, and you hear it more and more uh, from people today. And, you know, one of the directions that we're going, we're doing a lot with our veterans. And, and uh, you know, one of probably one of the coolest bikes that you're going to see this year, at least for for me, actually, I think it's my my number one bike that we've built all through these years. We built a bike for the travel in Vietnam Wall. Oh, wow. That's just incredible, uh, incredible bike. So, you know, we've done stuff with Oscar Mike. And so I think that we're getting more and more into the um, the uh, community um, of, of veterans. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just for us, it's a, the direction that we want to go in. Well, I love your theme bikes, and I love uh, watching you guys put together this stuff and come up with the creativeness that's mixed in with steel. I love that because it actually shows what happens when you take something that's hard and then you you mold that. Uh, you know, and for those of us who are stubborn and have that are hard headed, it, it shows almost like the growth of life in every show when you guys create these things. Yeah, you know, I you know, it's you're taking metal and you're turning it into art. Yeah. Listen, I gotta. We gotta go here in just a second. Um, how do people find you on Twitter? Do you know what your Twitter handle is? I don't even have Twitter. <laughs> I thought you, you're on Instagram. I know you're. I on- am on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll find it. I'm going to put it on my Twitter and on my Instagram, so, so everybody has it. Paul Senior in Orange County Choppers. Okay, you got it. Tell Mikey and uh, Paul Junior and the rest of the crew uh, that. Uh, uh, we are glad that they're back on TV and uh, smack uh, Santos when you see him uh, because he needs it. Okay, he's here now, so I'm just going to reach over the table and there, just slam him. There you go, brother. Hey, thank you very much. God bless you, Paul Sr., and, and I can't thank you enough for coming on. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for my good buddy Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. I'm going to come back. It's going to be me and you And I'll be taking your calls, 800-941-7326. And this is Jonathan Gillum, your resident government servant. Well, used to be anyway. I'm not anymore. I was never in the politician's field of whatever. They call that service. Do you notice when Nancy Pelosi was sworn in as Speaker of the House that she did not recite the oath? It was the guy who was ever given her the oath. He said the whole thing. All she said is, I do. Like, yeah, I found that very, very strange. Very strange. Whenever somebody has an oath, they should say it themselves. So for all those politicians that are out there, don't ever, ever let somebody else say your oath and then say, I do. If I was going to get married and that's the way they said, oh, we'll read the vow and then you just say, I do, I'd be like, no, 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 uh-uh, that ain't happening. It's a contract. It's their contract with us. I mean, look at it. The politicians don't even have to go through anything to prove their worthiness, their effectiveness, or whether or not they're going to be beholden to the Constitution. They don't prove anything. It's not like they go through boot camp. They convince you to elect them. That's what they do. And if they're not actually saying their oath of office, then they don't need to be in that office. Most of them don't need to be in that office anyway. Listen, I want to tell you real quick... um, before I get to the phone calls, 800-941-7326. It's 800-941-SEAN. I want to tell you real quick, a buddy of mine reached out. You've, you've uh, heard him uh, or you've heard about Troops Direct on this show before. And Troops Direct uh, is um, an incredible uh, nonprofit company. What they do is 
they provide life-saving and mission-critical gear equipment uh, to troops in the field. It's unbelievable. And I'm not just saying this uh, because, you know, it, it's a company and they want me to, to, to point out some stuff about uh, uh, fundraisers they're having. I mean, there's people that have been in the field that couldn't get stuff for a year from the government. These guys were able to get it to them in weeks. Um, and, and all that stuff is uh, gotten through donations and money. Um, they are having a fundraiser. And it is going to be in South Carolina, uh, will be held in Lawrence, South Carolina, uh, 17th through the 19th of May of this year. It's called Operator Weekend. Now, I'm just going to break it down for you real quick. It's, it's amazing. And if you go there and you donate, uh, what you're going to get is you're going to get the opportunity to interact with SEALs and people from the special operations community, Green Berets, Marine Raiders, uh, and you're going to be able to train side by side with them. And it's it, in some cases, you may be able to even get to skydive with them. Now, you're going to have to donate in order to get those things, but you're not you're probably not going to get this type of training anywhere else. You're not going to get this interaction anywhere else. And if it's like everything else that Troops Direct does, it's going to be pretty darn amazing. They're going to come through. Uh, and really provide an event that helps you get up and close and personal with these operators in the Special Forces community. So that's going to be in Lawrence, South Carolina, um, 17th to the 19th of May of this year. And <clears throat> the way you find that is, and I'm looking over it right now, uh, is contact Jake Jones at jake at troopsdirect.org to enroll, uh, or just visit troopsdirect.org. Uh, forward slash events and i think you'll be really happy if you can afford it and you can go down there this is going to be big and it's going to be uh this is not going to be your normal fundraiser this is going to be something that's abby normal extra normal as all of uh, the special forces community we do things outside the box this is going to be outside the box uh now i want to go to your phone calls Let's start off, we'll go top to bottom, because I think we need to get some phone calls in here. Let's go to Lynn in Los Angeles. Go ahead, Lynn. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for your service. Um, like your last caller, I'd, I'd love to get involved in promoting the Republican Party, the GOP, but going grassroots in Los Angeles, where I live, you can basically expect political persecution. It's real. And my friends and I realize we risk our livelihoods, our safety, and maybe even having our cars trashed if we let on that we're conservatives and support President Trump's ideas and actions on behalf of this country. And I, I say that with a heavy heart because I live in a free country, and yet I feel this fear. It's really real, though. It's right. Real. So we had a caller earlier, and she um, she stayed. I think it was Trish. I think her name. I, I can't remember her name when she called earlier. But I said I'd bring this back up, and she uh, runs a company in New Jersey, and she felt the same way. You know, and this is what, this is the very thing that should empower you. Uh, you know, fear, I know when we work with sources, when I was in the FBI, there's a couple things that motivate a source, right, to give us great information. It's uh, revenge, uh, they want money, um, or uh, they're in fear. And, but there's also a third one because they want to do what's best for their country. And if you can combine, I don't want to, I don't want to say combine fear and love of country, but the reality is your fear is a validation for the reality of what's going on. You, regardless of what people tell you, and I have plenty of friends who are minorities that are conservatives, 
you do not have to be a minority to be oppressed. Okay, that is that is something that the left wants you to believe. You can be a minority. You can, and I don't really like the talk of color of skin or any of this stuff. You can be a minority or not and be oppressed if you're conservative. There's no doubt about it. And it, in fact, it can ruin your company. It can ruin your life. And yep. and especially in Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? Yep. Belly of the beast. Yeah, exactly. Hey, God bless you, Lynn. Thank you very much for your call. So let's go to Rob in Stockton, California. Go ahead, Rob. Yes, I'm a school teacher, and I have heaven help to, you. <laughs> go ahead, Rob. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of students that don't want to be there, but it's free, and they have to be there. And my fear is nobody's saying that when they make college free, that's how much it's going to be worth to a lot of students. They're going to come to class because they can or somebody's going to make them, and they're not going to want to be there. And so college is just going to be another high school. Well, that's the problem. I, I wish, go ahead. Go ahead. I wish I, heard, I wish I heard more people saying something about that because I know there's a lot of college teachers that are already getting kids from high school that are misbehaved and having problems because they're just passing them through. But once college is free, I don't know if I'd want to teach there with a bunch of semi-adults who are getting a, getting something that's worth nothing to them. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting that you're pointing this out because one of the things uh, when we look at college and we look at the indoctrination that's happening uh, in education, it's happening around the world. I've been talking about how global this whole thing is. And it's I don't think it's a coincidence that it's happened in many different countries. It's happening in, in the same thing is happening in many different countries. And when it comes to um, you being a teacher, we're talking about all these people living in fear. I know teachers who literally um, cannot voice at all how they feel about anything politically because they will either be ostracized or legitimately pushed out. Um, and they're, and in a lot of cases, their unions will not back them. And it is um, – here's the upside to this, I guess, Rob, is that – they are exposing themselves. And like I was going to say to the last caller, fear can be a great motivator. And But fear is really a validation for you to know that, man, this is real, right? It's real. But also, these people are exposing themselves. And I think what I'm taking away from these phone calls is that there's enough of you to where even if we expose, you know, this meeting is going to happen here and we need people to show up there, if you all do it, if you all start coming together and having dialogue and walking together and, and using a lot of the tactics that the left uses, I really do think that the voice, and I don't think it, I know it, the voice of the free will always be stronger than the voice of those who wish to oppress. And the voice of those who stand for freedom will always be mightier than those who want to take the freedom away. The problem is when those people who are free don't do either one of those things, it makes it very easy for the others to do what they've got to do. God bless you, Rob, and uh, all the teachers out there that are doing God's work. I mean, really doing the parents' work a lot of the times, but they literally are in a position where they have to watch what they do, and they are not free to express a lot of the things. Let's go to Robert in San Antonio. Go ahead, Robert. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. And yourself? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm a retired law enforcement officer, and I talked to the gentleman that had me on hold earlier in reference to what's happening with our government. 
And one of the things we agreed on is till they clean up the FBI and the Justice Department, we're not going to see any kind of change. This fear that people are getting throughout this country is is real, and it's something that even uh, officers that, that are working right now are aware of. And until we clean that up, it's going to be very difficult for us to uh, actually not fear the government any longer because the government has become a weapon. Well, that's the see. One of the things that you said there is that um, things in the government have become weaponized, and the media, in a lot of ways, has been weaponized. Remember, when we look at war and past wars, propaganda was a huge weapon, and it still is in warfare. It's a huge weapon, and the, the way the media is being used by politicians, both on the left and right, is for propaganda. And uh, that is in and of itself. And when I when I spoke to uh, at the Troopers Bridge Foundation in New Jersey, um, one thing I talked about to them is that they must fight politics and uh, how it has become a danger to them in doing their jobs. And you're exactly right; it's been weaponized. Politics has become weaponized. Yeah. What's a, what's a shame is uh, President Trump. Uh, he doesn't have the backing within his own party to, to try to clean this mess up. I know I've heard the word rhinos used over and over again, but it's really true. They they, they live to, the, to an extent to keep the status quo, and then people have to start really speaking out to get things changed. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Uh, and thank you for your service to this country, Robert. We we really do appreciate it. And be safe out there in San Antonio. Unfortunately, Texas is changing faster uh, than most people realize. Um, let's see. Let's go to uh, Dwayne in Ohio. Go ahead, Dwayne. Yes, sir, Mr. Gillum. I appreciate you taking my call. You got it. I, I had to hang up earlier because my wife came home with the groceries. And you know what you do when the boss gets home. You got to do what the boss, the boss says. Works. That's right. That's right. So uh, my my point was that I think President Trump should pull a Mr. Reagan, um, you know, tactic and do a media blackout for three days before he does anything overseas. And that way, the media, because they're so stupid anyway, they'll never know what he's planning to do. And they won't find out until he gets back home three days later. So that's my point, is is the media is so ignorant and so stupid that, um, you know, they can't follow anything that the Democrats don't tell them to do. I, I agree. Listen, I agree with you. And I'm going to say this real quick, that I think, uh, and thanks for your call, Dwayne, I think that the president uh, should do away with the White House press corps. I, I, what I did every night on social media, why couldn't the president do that? Uh, and, and do his uh, briefings uh, through social media, Facebook Live and uh, and Twitter and YouTube. You could do it live. People could sign up uh, to ask questions, and not just the media. Who's the media? It's companies. Those are companies that uh, spread information, a lot of times false information. Um, they have no more uh, need to have a clearance than I do to get into the White House. Listen, let's take a break real quick. We'll come back. I'm going to finish up the show and uh, and close this thing out. It's been an amazing three hours, man. It goes by fast. Uh, go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. If you like the way I think, you're going to like the way this book reads. I wrote it as though I was talking to my mom so I could teach her, not in operator's terms, 
but in the terms of effective procedures for targeting yourself and defending against those who might try to attack you. Sheep no more. The art of awareness and attack survival. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum. Listen, I only got a few seconds. I want you all to go to your congressman today and insist that they sign a letter uh, about Eddie Gallagher. That's the Navy SEAL that has been imprisoned since, uh, get this, in September 11th. Uh, of last year uh, for allegedly uh, killing an ISIS fighter. Yes, that's right. You heard me correct there. Um, They need to go and look for uh, Congressman Crenshaw's uh, letter that he's putting together. They need to do it today. Make sure you call your congressman and get out there and let's get Eddie at least released on pretrial before he goes to trial. He's been in in, uh, basically held since he was arrested. They arrested him on September 11th so weird that they chose that day held his kids at gunpoint this is ncis and the leftist and i'm telling you these people in the dod have gone nuts to the left um have put together a case that is full of lies and nonsense so um the uh, naval special warfare is not stepping up to the plate so i want the american people to step up for eddie gallagher and insist that your congressman goes and signs that letter it's john the gillum Go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. Remember, it's up to you to come together. It's up to you to have dialogue. It's okay to be afraid, but you have to take action. Get off the couch, get together, and let's start standing together, America. Otherwise, what's happening globally is going to continue to happen here. Lastly, go get my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. And wherever you see or hear me, the truth has arrived next time. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.